Welcome to the Voice of Aged Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Badgick Smith, Aged Care Psychology Consultant. I bring my background in psychology, clinical experience, and latest research to this podcast, which is shared in stories, strategies, and solutions to the widely underestimated problem of isolation and loneliness in late life. I truly believe that supporting well-being of our elders is a shared responsibility and that we can help the older person achieve better outcomes for their well-being and do our best by being our best and looking after ourselves. I'm glad you're here. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Voice of Age Care and today I wanted to talk to you about lying. Uh, we talk a lot about lying in aged care and just more broadly, like why do people lie? You know, do people resort to lying um, for avoiding punishment? You know, why do kids lie? Why do adults lie? Why do we lie to people with dementia? So I really wanted to get into this topic because therapeutic lying is something that has been coming up in dementia care and I know that when I send out my survey to listeners and ask them, what would you like me to do um, in my podcast episodes? Someone was very clever and suggested, let's talk, you know, I'd like you to talk about therapeutic lying. Yeah, look at me, I'm even like putting on a voice for lying. Sounds like I'm talking to my kids. So broadly speaking, people resort to lying for so many different reasons and it's impossible to list them all, certainly not list them all in this um, episode. So for most reasons. People are are motivated to lie to avoid punishment, both children and adults. And other typical reasons why people may lie is to protect ourselves or others from harm or to maintain privacy. Like if we don't want someone to know what's going on, you, you might have health issues, you might have challenges in your personal life and you know everything's fine sometimes people say everything's fine and you know that everything's not fine to avoid embarrassment or to name a few so there's different reasons and and I wanted to spend this episode talking to you about specifically therapeutic lying in dementia care so why do people tell lies to people who have dementia uh, the main reason that comes to mind when comes to that is that um, they want to avoid the pain of telling the truth or to making the person distressed. And when I think about dementia care and when I think about lying, you know, it's often about that common question, you know, I want to go home um, if the person is in residential aged care and how we tackle that, how we work around those challenges with the person wanting to go home and quite clearly not being able to go home or, you know, the home has been sold, um, you know, the, the home is in a different city, or, you know, it's unrealistic. There's no home for them to go back to. And so I wanted to talk to you about where do we draw the line between telling the truth, telling a lie and distracting the person. And I think there's a few little t- secrets and tweaks that we can talk about in this episode. So I wanted to broadly talk about, you know, what is therapeutic lying, how we define it, what are the positive aspects of it, what are the challenges, and what are some of the alternative strategies. So therapeutic lying is lies that are told when deemed to be in the person's best interest. 
That's the best way to define it. It's the lies told when deemed to be in person's best interest. It means agreeing or saying things that are not true to avoid causing someone distress and to make them feel safe and comforted. Now, it's got, there's a lot of critics out there about therapeutic lying, saying it's a bad thing, including Kit Wood, who coined person-centered care model, um, you know, some of his research back in the 90s about person-centered care is still very, very relevant in, in today's in today's world, you know. Um, a few decades on, we're still talking about Kitwood, we're still talking about personal care, how to best support a person with dementia. And so, you know, Kitwood was really opposed to to therapeutic lying and didn't see it as beneficial. But others have found it more beneficial as well. So there's no right or wrong way to go about it. It, it is about using your clinical judgment and deeming do we, do we lie to the person? Do we tell them the truth? How much truth do we go into? How do we distract them? I know that Tipa Snow is a, is a big fan of distractions and also going along with the person's story as well to, to minimize the risk of their distress. Cause sometimes if someone's quite just, you know, demented and distressed, the last thing we want to do is make them even more distressed because it's not going to have a positive outcome for that person and it will make it more difficult for us to to help and support them. So let me just give you a little case scenario. Um, This is from Mitchell back in 2014 and I will, um, in my show notes, I will have a reference to this article as well. The article is published in Nursing Ethics and it's called Therapeutic Lying to Assist People with Dementia in Maintaining Medication Adherence. So let me tell you this very brief story. So Sam is an 80-year-old man with advanced Alzheimer's disease. He has recently been admitted to a long-term care facility that specializes in caring for people with dementia. During the first nursing assessment... Elizabeth, Sam's wife, tells the nursing team that Sam is often suspicious about taking medication because he usually feels well and also infrequently took medicines during his life. Elizabeth tells the the charge nurse that Sam's risperidone tablets, an antipsychotic medication, are the most important tablet as they determine his daily mood, in quotation marks. Elizabeth, as Sam's primary advocate of care, warns the nursing team that if Sam does not receive his risperidone, he will become extremely distressed and potentially violent. In order to successfully maintain adherence to his risperidone regimen, Elizabeth has, for the last few years, told Sam that his medications are for his blood pressure. She strongly insists that all nursing professionals adopt her behavior and lie therapeutically in order to promote Sam's well-being. So this article by Mitchell looks at the pros and cons in, in terms of do we, do we tell Sam what, what his medication is? Will he comply with it? Does he have the right to refuse medication if he knows what it's for? And, and, and all its benefits. And so therapeutic lying, um, comes in different stages and I mean just like lying itself in terms of is it a little white lie is it a big lie is it about you know complying with medication and so 
let's let's get into it because I I don't want to tell you like do this do that. I think it really um it's it's an ethical and moral question as well about how we involve people and what we say to them. And so in case of Sam, it's it's about what is the best outcome for him and what is the best outcome for his health. And for him, you know, if it's uh, – does he have the right to know what medication he's taking? Does he have the right to be involved? I mean, given, you know, where he's at with, you know, his dementia, what is appropriate, what is not. So it really needs to consider, you know, what person's best interest. And and so in, in terms of the care of someone in dementia, a lot of um, research is coming to conclusion that – uh, healthcare professionals believe that it can be beneficial to include some level of therapeutic lying. So in 2006, researchers at Newcastle University in the UK revealed that out of the 112 care homes that they surveyed, 96% admitted to lying to patients with dementia and 85% wanted guidelines on the issue. And that's that's quite a significant number when you think about that, um, the percentages. Um, and, and research further goes on to say, you know, that all lies should be documented and only told if in the best interest of the patient. And even like they've interviewed some psychiatrists about the benefits of therapeutic lying and they got very low response rate, 38%. 69% of those 38% of respondents said that they had lied to someone lacking capacity when they thought it was in the person's best interest. And 66% said that they had allowed carers to lie as well. So obviously there's some opportunity here to work on therapeutic lying in terms of training and, and upskilling and why it's, you know, why is it the best in interest with the person? The best interest to do is to distract the patient so the nurse does not get drawn into the ethical issue of telling a lie. It's like, well, you know, let's let's look into it and let's let's see what ethical issues come up and how we would go about explaining those as well. And I think that this example of medication is a really good ethical issue to to consider because therapeutic lying is not necessarily and not always about complying with medication. It could even be about, you know, clients asking you your personal information about yourself, asking you information about, you know, where do you live or how many children do you have or are you married or they might want to know something personal, you know, where are you going on your holidays or where did you go on your Christmas or what's this on your skin or why, you know, why you, why you look sad today. They might ask you some personal questions like that can actually quite surprise you and take you by surprise. And so my policy, my personal policy has always been answering the question, but you use your judgment as to how much information you give and if that information is truthful or not. And if someone says, you know, where do you live? If I say, I live in the mountains or I live near the beach, I'm not lying, but I'm not saying my street address and, you know, my home and the suburb and, and anything like that. I, I choose to keep that information confidential and I choose not to disclose that. So I'm saying it's not about you divulging information. It's about you being skillful in terms of how you respond to those questions and, and having some of those scripts and responses ready to give 
so that the information flows as opposed to, oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not, you know, not supposed to talk about that because that doesn't really help you, doesn't help the client. And it can cause this, you know, awkward moment of interaction as well. So, you know, that's also classified, you know, in terms of it's not telling lies. It's just being skillful in how we respond. But it could be another example. You know, you might have a client with a sundowner late in the afternoon who says, you know, school's over, my mum's picking me up, I'm going home. And for us to turn around and say, well, you're 89 years old, you haven't been to school in decades, and don't you remember that your mum died 25 years ago? You don't need to go outside because she's not coming to pick you up. Like, do we turn around and say that? The client is quite likely to respond saying, what? What do you mean my mum is dead? No, she can't be dead. I saw her this morning. She told me she would pick me up. I need to go outside to wait. And then, the you know, the client becomes agitated, she's crying and screaming because we told her that her mum died. So if we use therapeutic lying or, you know, in some instances they call it therapeutic fibbing as well, if the client says, you know, school is over, mum is coming to pick me up, I need to go outside to wait for her. Oh, yes, it's almost time to go. Your mum asked me to give you a snack first so you won't get hungry on the way home. Let's have some juice and crackers while we wait. And then the client will be like, okay, I'll, I'll have a snack. So it's about what, what reaction we want to get out of people. And, you know, not long ago I was in a care home that I've only been there a couple of times and my role was not that day to talk to any of the residents. And I saw um, a staff member pushing a resident in a princess chair back to her room. Okay, let's go back to your room. And she had the best intentions in heart and she looked such, such a lovely, warm carer and you know, she was saying, you know, I'm, I'm pushing you. We're going back to your home. And the the resident was, no, this is not my home. And, you know, this is something we hear over and over again of people saying, this is not my home. I'm not going home. Like, no, 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 sweetheart. This is your home. You live here now. This is your house. And and so the more that this lovely carer was saying this to the client, the client was getting more and more agitated because this is not her home. So being skillful in terms of how we distract, you know, clients and we say, yeah, this is not your home, but I just need you to be here for a little while might create better response as opposed to, you know, saying and reiterating that, you know, this is your home. So just working through some of those aspects, even as Tipa Snow was saying in her training um, here in Sydney a couple of months ago, like helping clients pack if they want to pack, if they want to, you know, yep, okay, let's pack stuff. So being there with them, being them and supporting them in that role can help, as can distractions, as can being able to recognize when we are lying, to what extent we're lying, what is the role of therapeutic lying, um, and obviously, you know, the challenges involved with that as well. Alternative strategies to therapeutic lying is obviously distraction and working through some of those distractions in terms of how we engage people with dementia, with their memory loss and keep them occupied as opposed to challenging and and problem solving with them through whatever, you know, about if it's about going home, about medication compliance or any other causes of their agitation and distress where we might find ourselves, you know, needing to turn to alternative strategies in terms of how how they cope with it. So interesting topic today, therapeutic lying. And I think it's interesting to to think about for you to reflect on what is your attitude and what is your comfort zone in terms of lying. And I think that for some people who have trouble 
telling lies in general, you know, who are brought up telling truth, always be truthful, always be honest, don't tell lies. I think it gets harder if you work in a role, or, you know, if you're supporting someone with, with cognitive changes where you might need to use some strategies that you haven't done before in terms of best supporting that person. So not necessarily lying, but, you know, distracting them, looking at alternatives in terms of keeping them occupied, reducing their distress. Because tackling issues head on can be quite confronting and we can find ourselves really stressed out and, and fatigued and tired dealing with those challenges. And then at the same time, also, you know, the person can use a lot of their nervous energy when they're going through whatever it is that they're going through and, and, and reasoning through with you and feel like, you know, you're just going around in circles and circles and circles. So therapeutic lying does have a time in place in dementia care. It can help with the overall care. But obviously, being mindful in terms of how much we use it, how relevant it is, to what extent, what are the pros, what are the cons, what are the overall objectives of what we're doing. Yes, there are ethical issues that we need to keep in mind. There's also the interpersonal relationship with that person. And, you know, if we want to form a warm, trusting bond, how we can best do that and how can we do that skillfully. And so you might not always think, oh, yes, who's got bad cop, good cop, who's lying, who's not lying, but how we, how we protect ourselves, how we protect our clients and our colleagues is really, really important. So, yes, I personally do think that there is a place for therapeutic lying in dementia care. However, it needs to be done skillfully. It needs to be done respectfully towards the person. And it needs to also include some elements of distraction. That's my take on it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Voice of Age Care. And I will see you next time. Bye for now. Well, that is another episode of the Voice of Age Care done and dusted. Make sure you don't miss out when I release another episode by becoming a subscriber on your app of choice. And if you can, please leave a review too. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is go straight over to wisecare.com.au forward slash resources and check out my latest resources you can download for free. It could be a book chapter, 20 strategies to boost engagement with elders or my most popular resource, Five Facts About Me worksheet. You'll be sure to find them all there, wisecare.com.au forward slash resources. I'll see you at the next episode.